Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin. Filibuster Freestyle coming your way October 1st, 2017. How do we already get to October? We're not going to talk about that tonight, but how did we? Rhetorical question. Coming up on today's episode, Jeremy Johnson, our buddy from the West Coast of Man Cook Good, is going to join us. We're going to hit some Red Sox clinching the playoffs, probably. An a- well, they clinched the playoffs, but they actually clinched their second straight AL East title. Uh, so congrats to them. We're going to get to that later in the show. Patriots did not look so good today. They did not clinch any titles today, especially for a defensive back play. We'll get to that later in the show as well. Uh, but we're going to start with, um, well, frankly, some First Amendment stuff, some Puerto Rico, Hurricane Maria stuff, and um, some kneeling in the NFL stuff. So uh, Jeremy and I are going to try to do that in a way that is not going to freak anybody out too, too badly. But obviously all those uh, topics are pretty incendiary right now. So if that's not really your cup of tea. Um, you know, feel free to either forward it to the end or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't know what Jeremy's going to say. I have not recorded it yet. I'm going to call him in a little bit. But um, until then, here comes the theme song. Filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us, SoundCloud, Facebook, and, of course, on Twitter, at Gavin Viano or at FB underscore freestyle. Once again, Filibuster Freestyle theme song followed by Man Cook Goods, Jeremy Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been way too long. I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Jeremy Johnson from the West Coast. How are you, my friend? Hey, Gavin. How you doing? I'm fantastic. Filibuster Freestyle wants to officially congratulate you and your, your wife and fellow pundit, Chloe, on the birth of your uh, your lovely child. Uh, thanks uh, for being on, and thanks for making some time now that you're a busier, a busier guy right now. Thank you. I'm in, the, um, I'm in the car in the driveway, so we should have pretty good sound. But um, <laughs> That's a first for you, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, rather than do it in the um, – exactly. Rather than do it upstairs and maybe wake the baby up, which is pretty much the worst thing that you can do yep. at this stage in your life. Yep. Uh, I figured I'd just stay in here um, and wait for you to call uh, <laughs> and do it down here in the soundproof uh, rental Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, yeah, because by the way, your your uh, your your beloved Subaru uh, also well it met it met its demise this week. I saw on Facebook. Yeah, I'm devastated. It's uh, it's a it's a real crying shame. Yeah, you had that car for how many how many miles ballpark? Uh, I, you know, I got it in 2010 yep. and, um, it's originally 2002 and it got me to work. I was working on location in Malibu. It's about a 40 mile drive. And on the way up, it started to sound pretty terrible. Yeah. And, uh, I said, you know, if I get out early enough, I'm going to bring it to the mechanics. And I got out early enough and I never made it to the mechanics. So, wow. Yeah, it jumped a uh, jumped the timing belt. A bunch of other stuff happened, and you know, sometimes you just have to buy a new car. That's fair. Now you can use Bluetooth in your rental because I know that that Subaru did not have Bluetooth from two thousand two. No, no, there was no Bluetooth in two thousand two. Yeah, that, and if there was, that would be some Back to the Future stuff. But anyway, now that we've exchanged pleasantries, and we know that you're in your car to keep your baby asleep, which is great stuff. Philbusterfreestyle.com, as always, and Man Cook Good, Jeremy's food blog website, and, you know, great-looking food makes me very hungry. That's where you can find our stuff. But um, as I said in the pre-show, 
We're going to try to not tick people off too much, but we're just going to tackle a couple of things that are definitely going to tick people off or, and or for some of our listeners. I'm very excited that we're, we're at least tackling, oh, I don't know, the situation in Puerto Rico, the First Amendment, kneeling in the NFL. And if we have time, of course, we'll do some Red Sox AL East and some Patriots panic mode defense. Um, so I'm just going to say really quickly, shout out to Freiburg, Germany and Boardman, Oregon. Those two places in the last month um, have broken the record that was held for so long by Ashburn, Virginia, of people who either fell asleep and listened to the entire filibuster freestyle catalog in one day or just really enjoys the show or maybe is like pirating my intellectual property to make no money somewhere else, just like I'm making no money right here on the filibuster freestyle. I don't know what you're doing in Boardman or in Freiburg, Germany, or even my friends who are still in Ashburn, Virginia, but I'm just glad you're doing it. Thank you to you guys. Okay. JJ, do you know anybody in Boardman, Oregon? A couple. You know, I'm about to see one of them. I'm going back to Worcester for my 20-year high school reunion. Really? Um, Yeah. I don't know if they're the people listening, but um, if they are, hey, what's up, Regina? No doubt. (laughs) I like that. Regina, if you're getting this, please let us know. Anyway, all right. Shout-outs are out there. All right, JJ, I'm just going to start with this. Um, how, how are we, how are we feeling about the very predictable predicament of Puerto Rico getting way less coverage and way less support than the state of Texas and the state of, of, of Florida? You know, this brings up a concern going forward that our, our president has indicated, um, at other times that he will respond to issues in Republican voting areas more aggressively than in brown areas or democratic areas. You know, um, I would bet you $500 that uh, two weeks ago, Donald Trump did not know that Puerto Ricans were American citizens. Okay. I don't think he cares. Fair. (laughs) I don't think any of these people care about anything. And let's follow the ball here. All they care about is money. And we finally have seen it now, okay? Because the tax plan has come out. Right. And what's the tax plan? The tax plan is a giveaway to the, like, 500 people that are funding half of our government. Right. With all their dollars, everything, okay? Why do they want to repeal health care and throw our entire system into chaos, even though it's, like, wildly unpopular and also wouldn't really help anybody's health at all? In right. fact, it would hurt people dramatically because none of these people will be in office if they don't please their masters. And their masters are the Adelson guy and the Koch brothers and the, the guy that runs Sinclair Media, who's now buying up affiliates all over rural America and running pro-Trump news. Yeah. This is an absolute takeover by some of the worst people that our country has to offer. They've got a, a hard-on for social Darwinism, and they just want their damn money, and they know the climate's changing, and they know the country's in chaos. And so, so the they don't care because they don't want to pay for it. They're like, hey, what do I care? I live on a hill. I can hire <laughs> private security. Yeah. I've got my own wall. Okay, let's keep everybody focused on this over here and that over here. And Donald Trump is a very useful puppet. Of course. And the, the winds of the right wing, the extreme right wing and austerity are sweeping through the world. Yeah. Okay, Australia's got its own movement. Canada's got a small one. 
Europe is battling back challengers from crazy people. Mm-hmm. They're all funded through the media and through you know finances by other countries. Yeah, Russians in particular, but also our billionaires who want to sow chaos and they want to sow instability and they want to consolidate power. I think a lot of these people believe that the end is nigh and they're like, I want to have all the stuff. I don't want to give up anything because I may have to build my house another, you know, a hundred feet higher and I'm going to have to beat back the refugees because all these islands, all these like low lying areas, you think these hurricanes are going to just stop coming? Well, that's the thing. I think the climate change thing is really, one of the biggest things that people deny is because the longer they deny it, the less we have to worry about, well, where are we going to put Miami when Miami's no longer above sea level? You know, there's six million people in Miami. Aspen and Tahoe, they're buying houses and properties all over the place. And, you know, they, they can just jump in their private jet and, and they hop can place to place. Right, right. And right. they hire some locals and they, they, you know, and they wait. And hopefully they don't have to pop any melons, but they will. <laughs> exactly. So anyway. Preparing for the apocalypse. They're watching too much of The Walking Dead, and they read too much Ayn Rand, <laughs> and they want all the money. And it's also like a, a business negotiating tactic. As somebody that's involved in labor unions, I'm in two labor unions, okay? Right. A, ta- a tactic uh, is you come into the room. And, you know, the union's like, look, we want some more jobs, we want cost-of-living raises, we want our health care to stay at current levels, we yep. want our pension to stay at current levels, and we want this job and that job and this. And the employer's like, you're all fired, there's no more work, get out. Yeah, right. So you're on defense constantly. All the time, right, right, because you're, you're playing behind, behind, if you will, right, so. The left. It's all about these symbolic victories and all about this crap where it's like you're, you're, you're touting out, you're all in a sanctuary state. And oh, they're, they're making, a, a, they're lampooning themselves. They need to realize who they're dealing with. This is not a normal environment. This is a government takeover by terrible people. There's like $4.3 billion in Donald Trump's cabinet. Jeez, I wonder why they're going after the estate tax. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that that, that brings up kind of the, the point, which is, and you made it, which is he's so good at, well, one, he's just, he always needs an adversary. He, he's not a peacetime consigliere. He's also not really a, a particularly good consigliere, if you will. But if he's yelling, oh, stand up at the national anthem, or oh, uh, the, the mayor of San Juan is doing a horrible job, or oh, everybody gets so irate, and rightfully so, in a normal situation that he's missing the mark or, or exploiting, you know, whether it's national pride or, na- or, 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 or you know, the armed service. It's nationalism. That's correct, it correct. But it's crazy because it's, it's to your point, and you just went on a, 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 good, a good talk about it, which is all this is happening behind the scenes that we can't even get to because... To your point, we're worried about these things that should be God-given or, you know, kind of rights that have been earned over time. Will we ever get the middle back, JJ? Well, I mean, who's going to be the leader that's going to bring us back to the middle? Who's going to do it? <laughs> I, I mean, who's interesting on the left? Nobody. Who can actually win? The, 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 the test that the left puts their people through is like completely unrealistic the, the the purity test and we're trying to reason with people that are unreasonable right they don't care <laughs> i'm only laughing because it's so well said like they just don't care about anything they yeah. don't care about 
decorum. They don't care about, well, we shouldn't obstruct because then we're going to be in charge and they're going to, no, they're, we're going to get in charge and we're going to change the rules. Yeah. Okay? Mitch McCall's made $26 million since he's been the, you know, the, the head of the Senate. Yeah, yeah. And, What's I, that? He, he, I, I mean, like, really, like, think about the... Right, he's a public servant. He's a public servant making $26 million, which is not right. And, any, and actually, that brings me to a point I want... That's a point I wanted to make. That's a point, that's a point I wanted to make, though, is not only do I think that our island dependencies and, and commonwealths, such as Puerto Rico, need to have senators in the Senate to have votes, uh, I think, and again, it's never going to happen, but the House of Reps and the Senate need term limits or this will just become the Roman Empire. Like They're not going to do it. No, of course yeah. not. Of course not. But my they point is we will never get better. Either. What's that? Got, we're not going to win in 18 either. They've got the deck rate. they got this country gerrymandered within an inch of its life. They've got all three houses of government. Go and try and vote in a black neighborhood in 2018. Go to Cincinnati in a swing district in a black neighborhood and try and cast your vote. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> and then drive an hour and a half north to some lily white suburb with a bunch of people who don't have the time or energy to be following the daily news. They just know they're tired of it, and they're tired of these liberals whining, and, and, and they're tired about talking about bathrooms and, and who's got a penis and who doesn't have a penis. <laughs> and they're distracted by that crap. They don't follow the daily news where this these people are stealing yeah. our way of life from us. They're stealing the American dream from us, and they're rooting for them because they don't have the energy to actually follow the facts. JJ, I'm not going to lie. That was the best sneak in of an anatomical body part and using the correct scientific word for it while making a serious point. I'm sorry I laughed during it. You just caught me sleeping there. That was awesome. Uh, Serious points. They are serious points. No, I totally agree. Um, Totally agree. And that's the thing is, I mean, I would love to, to see gerrymandering go away, but of course that can never go away until there are term limits. And the best part is we've entrusted our public, quote unquote, public servants with choosing those things, which is complete conflict of interest, which is where this whole thing started. So anyway, with that what's said. A, what's a common theme? What's a common theme in bright red voting parts of this country? Crappy public education. High forms of nationalism. <laughs> The military is a great career path to go into. Well, yeah, okay? for them, absolutely. No jobs. Right, there's not a lot of jobs in the slaves. Right. This guy's getting on Twitter and talking about how great NASCAR is. They wave Confederate flags at NASCAR. Right, right. Are you kidding me? We keep pandering to people that lost wars to us. We're, we got Nazis we got to be nice to. We got people that are rooting for the Confederates and preaching to me about patriotism right. and what it means. You can't even tell me what the first speech means. First Amendment means. Correct. These are the people who complain because they told their boss to go screw and got fired, and now they're screaming about First Amendment. Um, can I get back to the anthem really quickly, though? Couple, yes. couple hot takes here. Isn't booing the players during the singing of the national anthem and audibly distorting the, the song more disrespectful than those kneeling in silence? Is that a fair yes. point? Okay. Yes. Okay, so, point. so again, yes. hypocrisy. Everybody's uh, sitting on their couch during the national anthem. The reason why we even see the national anthem is because the government sort of paying the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, it's like Captain America's on Facebook and talk radio who like quiver up when they talk about respecting the flag. You idiots. It's not about the flag. 
When the president now, the president we have now, is able to during the the campaign process say John McCain's not a war hero. I like people who don't get caught, and then has the cojones to do what he's doing now about respecting the flag when he can't even truly like no bigger hypocrite. But no bigger hypocrite. Dodging, tax evading, right. fraud does not have the moral authority to lecture anyone on. And that's the point, because I have I have some friends and family members, and and I myself I definitely respect the idea of what the flag should stand for if if done right in America. But when that guy is trying to use it and make that more important than what's happening for real, it's kind of like you know money money talks and BS walks. Well, he's Mister BS, and so if the First Amendment's all that matters, and that and this guy's the worst possible guy to try to shroud himself in the flag or around the veterans or whatever because we have so much video evidence of him trashing all those things and saying he's proud that he didn't pay his taxes. He's proud that he, you know, he, he doesn't like people who get caught. They're not war heroes. My man is out of control. He always Nothing has been. matters anymore, Gavin. None of this matters. It's about the money. I hear you, man. And you make that point well. well. Let me ask but you this like, quick. Like, we, we keep getting sidetracked by right. these things because yes. it's like this this, yes. is a, this is a technique yes. from the like, Russian intelligence. Everything is chaos. Yes. Everything is in question. Everything is spin. Yes. And meanwhile, we're going to cram this budget down. Everyone's so, you're not even going to know what's in it. Right, right. Okay? Healthcare gets everybody interested. But you know what? The, a guy that I was just talking to at work the other day, he's not a very like interested political man. He likes that Donald Trump's a, a man, and he talks tough. And you know what he likes? He, he, he's, I, I say to him, I say, listen, man, they're about to do this, they're about to do that. I'm talking about net neutrality, they're talking about the budget. He's like, well, they're rich. What do you expect? <laughs> I was like, so don't I'm give like, up. Yeah, Why is he giving up? Don't give up. You fight. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're a union member. You're a teamster. And you're voting. You voted for these people. He's like, they're, hey, they're all the same. I'm like, no, no they're, they're not. not. No, There's they're a not. Voting that's, record. There's a voting that's record. a false equivalency. Yeah. See. That's what platitude. Well, that's right. So that's what's taken over the country is talk radio and local affiliates that, by the way, super sneaky, right when Trump became president, Sinclair Broadcasting was allowed to buy way more local affiliate stations right. in rural America than any one like group. Right, you know, right. And so that's a huge problem Delta. because obviously you're you're supposed to kind of break up monopoly type things. And, and clearly I'm not oh, shocked. Yeah, well, screw that. We got Amazon buying Whole Foods. Well, well, well that, 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 that was my point though, is I heard, I think Malcolm Gladwell made a point the other day and he basically said, you know, when we broke up AT&T back in the day, when we broke up Standard Oil back in the day, that's actually when innovation and great things happened. And so if we don't do that again with the Facebook, the Google, the i, the i, sorry, not the iTunes, the Apples and the, you know, the Amazons of the world, then we're going to be living in like the book 1984 slash Tron, which would be a cool mashup movie, but not exactly my cup of tea. So I just find it ironic that kneeling, which by the way, Happens in football on every every touchback. The most docile thing in football, which is taking a knee at the end of a win or taking a knee in the end zone, has become incendiary in like every direction possible. Here's here's the here's the single biggest problem with all this. Okay, Colin Kaepernick is a terrible front man for a movement. 
Okay, give me more on that. The guy had no idea what he was getting into. Yeah. Okay. He he like most normal empathetic humans are were shocked and outraged by these like assassination videos that keep showing up on our social media yeah. of uh, white policemen gunning down unarmed black men. Okay. And Kaepernick, he's also he's dating this woman who's like a social justice warrior, and suddenly. He decides he's mad as hell he can't take it anymore, okay? He's wearing socks with, like, pigs in policemen outfits, okay? Right. He's, like, he's sitting on the bench. He's doing a silent protest, okay? You need an articulate guy. He's also gone ghost. When's the last time you heard from Colin Kaepernick? Okay? He hasn't said a word. So now everybody's interpreting what he means by Everybody's interpreting this, and he let the message get away. Right, because I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're now saying. you're protesting the flag. Now you're protesting Donald Trump. We're not having a conversation about the fact that in this country, the people who do not have a financial leg up from the start of their life, there is no ladder like we like to believe there is. Okay? Malcolm Gladwell did a great podcast on this, speaking of him, in the beginning of his newest podcast, Revisionist History. Yeah, 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 I heard that one. There's the myth of, like, American, like, you know, we're going to pluck the gifted kid out of, like, grammar school, and he's going to become the assistant fry manager and work his way through college, and, like, that ladder's gone, Mm. okay? And it's not about being black and being a man. It's about being poor. Yeah. Okay? It's about having bad opportunities, and really tons of bad opportunities and not very good opportunities. And then having everybody look at you because you're sketchy as hell. I mean, we grew up in Massachusetts. There's plenty of sketchballs who are broke who don't have black skin, okay? Correct. Who get harassed by the police. Correct, correct. And who get, you know, like, and they get into issues with them, okay? And it's because they don't live in a nice area, they don't have money, and they don't drive a nice car. And because when you get right down to it, they're probably pretty sketchy too. Right. Okay. The rest of America is going to finally get to see what it's like to be a black man in America. It's not about being followed around the store by the shopkeeper. It's about the fact that the whole system is rigged against you. Okay? Like, you want to, like, get free and clear internet and not have to deal with all these, like, hoops you got to jump through? Right. Tough. You want to do something without having to hire a lawyer? You want to, like, have your checking account run low on money, but you've been with your bank for 10 years, so it's right. okay, we're cool? You want to, like, actually, like... Make something happen that doesn't involve a scratch ticket or, like, you know, getting lucky and marrying somebody with a bunch of money. Yeah. Like, good luck. Yeah. Everything is rigged against us. Yeah. The middle class is being squeezed from both sides. And uh, all everyone can do is get pissed off. Like, I I got, there are people complaining about, oh, man, those guys working for the city, they're making like 60 bucks an hour and a pension. I'm like, well, we should be too. Good for those guys. Yeah, I was going to say, how do we get more of those jobs, right? Why is that? (laughs) Like, why is is getting mad? Yeah, why is getting mad about someone else's quote unquote perceived success? How is that helpful to screw them up too? I think, yeah, to your point, it should be like, how do we get more of those jobs? How do we get more? We're haters, man, and we identify with the employers, and we identify with the billionaires and the fancy people on television, Right. and we look at the people that are next to us who are working their ass off and just trying to be with their family, and we look at them and we say, like, huh, that guy. We actually have to see other humans and interact with other humans all the time, and they don't get their own little perfect bubble of, like, (laughs) you know, like, 
we get to do whatever we want and we get to like we don't have to deal with other people we're not socially adjusted we can't drive in traffic like yeah i actually have to see like a hundred thousand people a day whether i like it or not yeah i just sure. see the suffering of humanity on the guy that's asking for a change who's got crap on his leg okay like i have to actually deal with like humans in our modern life um all right we're switching gears we're switching gears to the let's talk about the Red Sox. Let's let's feel good about something for a half a second, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So the Red Sox won for the first time ever a back-to-back AL East crown, which actually uh, I guess I'd never thought about it before. They've won I think nine of these things, and they've never strung two together in a row. So one uh, before I forget the question, John Farrell's five years in in as the Red Sox skipper are World Series champs, last place, last place. AL East and now AL East again, and obviously a chance to do more. How satisfied are you with the five years of the John Farrell era? Man, I don't know. I, I like I, that guy. I can't stand listening to him talk. <laughs> he is such a company guy, but you know something? He's a really sharp guy, and he he's handled the bullpen really well this year. Okay, and you know, like I heard him on um, on Dale and Holly and Keith recently. And he was getting into, like, you know, that he knew this guy splits against lefties. He knew that guy's thing about that. Like, he is really dialed in. He just talks like a CEO. He just talks around in circles. He never actually says anything. He's, like, he's, he's maddening to listen to, and he does freeze up sometimes when he's managing. Yeah. But down the stretch, he did a fantastic job. I'm concerned about that clubhouse. Yeah, why is that? We got a lot of young players. Yep. And we got a lot of, you know, like a lot of personalities at the top. You got this guy like David Price, who's, you know, preaching anti media and everybody's against him and, oh, typical Boston fans. Another guy I can't listen to talk. Right. But, you know, he's leading the clubhouse in one angle, one direction, and John is not, John's like encouraging it. You know, these guys are young, they're learning how to be big leaguers. And there's a certain attitude to the Red Sox that they, they don't like the scrutiny. Right. And and if they all if they walk around with a chip on their shoulder, but they let it get in their head, it's a problem. If they walk around with a chip on their shoulder, but they're, shoulder, but they're swinging like Eduardo Nunez and they're just smacking the crap out of them. Then that's definitely okay, yeah, for sure. That's the kind of chip you want. The Dustin Pedroia's of the world who have a chip against everybody. But if you're just waiting for somebody to, like, heckle you on Twitter... Or like you know, like say something from the crowd, and you're not paying attention right. to whether there's a slider coming in on your hands or not. And you so know, you're a little I, worried. You're a little worried, especially with the heightened presence of media and coverage during the playoffs. That that may prove to be too distracting for the team to focus on the task at hand. I just don't think they're good enough. Yeah, I don't either, um, for sure. But are you, but you're excited. I mean, because I want to talk about yeah, one, one more team that's not good enough for a minute, but. I mean, it's pretty exciting. I, I think. Is, what do you think about the matchup with the Houston Astros? I hate it. Well, I, I do hate it because they're man, they are good, but I like it better than the Indians <laughs> for sure. You know, and um, and you know, I do think that like the Red Sox have they've shown some life in a couple of games here and there where you know you're like this is a team that can win some playoff games, and I, I think that Houston is a little bit primed to have something go wrong for them and for us to sneak into another round. We only have to win 11 games, Gab. That's fair. And we, learned this, we learned this in 13, and we learned it the real hard way in 2004, 
is like, it doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter how you get to the brink of elimination. You just got to win 11 win games. Yeah. 11 games, and whoever wins 11 first is the champion. World Series champion. Right. It's not that tall of an order. No, I mean, well, the good news is someone has to do it, so, you know, why not the Sox? But I'm excited. You know, I was very excited this year. This is probably the first time, and I think I said it on one of the pods this summer, but this is the first year when the Sox and the Yankees were both decent at the same time, and it's been long enough since it meant so much to all of us back in, you know, 03 and 04, and certainly for the 50 years before that. And so I feel like they, they took turns being decent. They both took turns being terrible at the same time, and everybody... Everybody kept talking about how the rivalry was diminished, and I feel like at least this year, because everybody's kind of just given up on the rivalry mattering, mattering, et cetera, that, that actually I actually found myself getting excited about June and July and August baseball more than I have in probably 10 years because, or even, well, shoot, 15 years almost. But because, you know, we've had enough time to, like, let the 0304 stuff pass us by because we'll never get that level of inferiority complex back in our lifetimes because – we don't have 86 years left to not win the World Series. But, um, but um, you know, I'm just glad that the Yankees are, are potentially in the mix for more than a game. Uh, Terry Francona's front and center, as he was last year with the Indians, who eliminated the Red Sox last year. Uh, you know, old friends Theo Epstein and Jed Lowry are still running the Cubs. You know, a lot of, a lot of jilted... You know, jilted lovers in this mix. You know, a lot of ghosts of Christmas past, present, whatever. Um, You've got some interesting teams like the Astros who are young and exciting. But I will say this. The Sox are really exciting. I mean, you talk about it. They're young and exciting. Yeah. They are. So for them to win two. I love the ton of players on a team. I love most of the players on a team. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, you wouldn't put these last couple years up against, you know, clearly the three years when they won the whole thing or even 03 when they, they were close enough to almost do it. Um, but these guys are probably more exciting overall, and they probably have better personalities overall. Just when you think about how young they are, and the fact that they're getting it done as youngsters is just really exciting because usually with the Sox, it's a couple rookies, a bunch of guys that are making $120 million over five years, and then like the one Mike Napoli or Mike Lowell who's going to have one more good season and he's going to do it in a Red Sox uniform and be like the glue guy. And this is different. This is, um, you know... Besides the one petulant pitcher in David Price, it's kind of like a bunch of pros, a bunch of young dudes, a bunch of guys dancing in the outfield. It's kind of fun to watch. And I'm talking about baseball here, which I haven't thought was fun in about six years. So I'm really excited about that. I agree, man. And, you know, baseball is one of those sports where you can really get behind a player because, like, a young baseball player, there's so much promise to him. And it's also like, it's like rooting for a golfer. You're like, man, I got like. 15 years of this guy. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy for a while, right. I'm going to be rooting for Mookie Betts and Ben Attendi and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Xander Bogarts. I'm going to be rooting for and Christian Vasquez, you know, for, for 10 years. I don't even care if they leave the team. I got you just like them. Yeah, you like them, right. Because exactly. of the way they play and that they came up with us, but we need, we need the guy who's slump-proof. Yes. We need one of those guys to either become that guy we need the guy who doesn't care about momentum. He doesn't care about the way it feels on the team playing. The guy who goes up there and is like, man, we really need to hit the ball right here. <laughs> he goes up and gets a hit that turns them over on it. And they keep taking turns on it. Yeah. And that, that's fine for the regular season. But, I mean, like, you know, you need a guy in the middle of the order that is, you can rely on him. It's not Andy Ramirez. Right. Okay. And it's not Mookie Betts this season. It, it had potential to be him, but it's not this season. And, and and they just 
don't have that guy. And it's great. Like, Mitch Moreland does it one night. Hanley does it the other night. Xander does it once a month. Like right. Well, yeah, and that's going to be the issue. The issue is the pitching is so much better in October. So it's tough for, like you said, to go hero by committee. Um, because but it's only 11 games. Correct. So correct. you can have 11 heroes in theory. You could, and you might need it. You might need them. Um, all right, last thing. Patriots lost today. Played the Panthers. Defense gave up 30 point, 33 points Excuse me, to a team that I watched in person two weeks ago, scored nine on three field goals and hold the Bills to three. So, um, uh, the Patriots defense, the Patriots hurt. defense is, re- is rem- what's that? Cam Newton was hurt. He's not hurt anymore. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. But the Patriots defense, and again, they've played some pretty good quarterbacks and some pretty you know high-powered teams, and obviously what Deshaun Watson did today of the Texans against the Tennessee Titans, he put up 57 points. Looks like Deshaun Watson's here to stay. The, the Chiefs personnel absolutely has the Patriots number in week one. Um, but this defense reminds me of like the 94 Patriots. when If Drew Bledsoe didn't put up 45 points, there was a better than average chance they were going to lose the game. And I think we're there. I think we're there this year. And that's the kind of Patriots team that usually goes 10-6, and 11-5, or a week 12-4, and four, and then gets bounced at home by the Ravens or someone like the Ravens. Uh, and if they go on the road, forget it, they're done. And they're done ugly like in Denver that time with Jake Plummer. So I'm actually excited for the Red Sox run because my hope is, as they did in 03 and 04, they go on a long October run. The Patriots are under the radar, relatively speaking, and they fix whatever the hell they usually fix behind closed doors. But if the Sox get swept and they're done by Saturday or Sunday of next week, I just think the Patriots aren't going to figure it out until, not until it's too late to make the playoffs, but definitely too late for home field advantage and therefore probably negating a Super Bowl appearance. Am I, am I, am I, am I too far ahead of myself? Well, I mean, I don't think that anybody in the Patriots gives a damn what the Red Sox do. No, you know, I, don't, I don't mean for the Patriots. As a fan, but let's talk about why the defense is bad. Please. And let's, let's address... Let's address why they're having bad results and how the points are being scored. Okay. A lot of those points are being scored on broken plays downfield, okay? Yeah, yes. That's the kind of thing you fix with coaching, repetitions, guys getting to know each other, guys starting to play within themselves and not trying to do too much. Okay. That's fixable. Yes. Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia have demonstrated the ability to correct yes. players who are making mental mistakes. Yes, they know okay? They know how to do that. They. Ha- I agreed. Yes, good point. We struggle against quarterback who's mobile yes and i don't mean running uh, no like just nimble just nimble extending the play yeah nimble um because we don't have a super athletic defense we have guys that play parts right and this is on offense too correct like kevin falk for instance kevin falk was a very good patriot okay he was the glue that kept that offense together for years Kevin Fox not going to the Hall of Fame. He wasn't an incredible athlete, but he filled a role on that team. Correct. Rob Nikovich leaves, and suddenly, Rob Nikovich is one of those, like, you know, lunch pail guys, a gritty, you know, like, coach's favorite. Absolutely. Plays harder than anybody, makes a big play in the right situation, always seems to be in the right spot at the right time in the game. You lose an edge rusher like that yep. who can drop the coverage and rush the quarterback, and you got problems. But what we have is we have this Dietrich Wise guy who nearly won the game for us. Yeah. And it got pulled back because of hands to the face, which was complete BS. Yeah. Okay. And you got you got Hightower out there. You know, he's he's, he's healthy for now. Yeah. And he made a big play in the fourth quarter as well. Yeah. So, we're, you know, 
So we've got that part starting to happen. You get the guy with the with the cross eye black Cassius Clay or whatever. Yep. Um, Cassius Moore. He's got like a, a strange name. Yep. He's out there flying around like a maniac. Eric Rowe might have something to say as a as a third uh, DB if he can get back on the field. Malcolm Butler's always near the ball. Yeah. One of the biggest problems that we're having is uh, the the guy from Buffalo that we got for like ninety million dollars. He's, he's a bust. Having a real hard time out there. Yeah. And he even started the second half on the bench yeah. today. Yeah. Well, he was uh, he was awful. I mean, so this is one of the things, and I I feel like you're making. But does he have the talent? Is he smart enough to be coached? Right. Is our problem with safeties? No. Right. We have good safeties. Yeah. We have good DBs. We have good coaches. This stuff is going to work itself out. They're going to get better as they go. Belichick's teams always do, unless they're they're unless we're running with like a receiver group, like we're Shea Caldwell and then one, you know. Right back like, in 06, Right. So we have the talent. All right. So you're not you're not jumping off you're not jumping off the bandwagon at all. Well, I mean, I'm I'm an I'm a interested observer. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Can we keep this crap up? I mean, when when Brady got us down there, we're down by 14 in the fourth quarter. Even I, as a Patriots fan, am saying, like, man, the bleeping Patriots, are you serious? Like, you went did it again, fourth and one, like, Brady looked, Brady's read was not to Amendola. His read was to the right. Yeah. He pumped, he pumped White. He's like, he's about to throw James White as his second read. James White is his second read. Yeah. And he's like, nah. He pulls it back. He turns across, he looks across the field. He, he remembers that Amendola is being covered by a linebacker who he shook off the line, but he was in so much traffic, you couldn't see him. Yeah. And he steps up and puts the ball in his hands at the back of the end zone. Brady is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the best part is that if they can shore up the D at all, which I agree with you that it's very realistic they can as long as there's no injuries on either side of the ball, Tom Brady is putting up, even, you know, it, the Chiefs game was quote-unquote a stinker. The Pats still scored 27 points, and they should have yeah, had... they played like hell, and they almost scored 30. Right, and they should have had 35 if Gronk doesn't drop the one in the beginning of the game. So, bottom line is, Brady's putting up like 30-plus points a game, which generally is enough to win in the regular season. Um, more often than not, and the fact that they're 2-2 two and two is just alarming because they've wasted what I would say are three really good performances from 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 Brady. Uh, you know, and they're 2-1 they're in one of those scenarios, but they're 1-2 and two at home. I don't like that. I don't like, the, I don't like that. I don't think Gillette really has a home field advantage anymore, but none of these stadiums do besides Seattle anyway. Um, if we lose a couple games, we might. You know, like, did you hear Fenway in game 161 yesterday? I mean, the, the Red Sox fans showed that they still got it in them when it matters, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think we I all think do. Football, it, football is like two games, two plays a game could make you look like you were in the game the whole game or well, you got blown out. Correct, correct. That's 100%. The Patriots were two plays, three plays away from winning that game 30 to, you know, 21. Yeah. And everybody's slapping each other on the back and saying good job against a good team. Yep. And instead they lose 33-30 to 30 and we're like, oh my God. I mean, football, it's hard to win a football game. Totally is. No, no, I, I'm with you on that. All right, let me flip to gears last topic. I didn't give you any heads up on this, but it's related to football. And it's related to your beloved Los Angeles, which went from zero teams for 20 years to now having two, one playing in an outdated 100,000-seat relic, and one, with no water and shade, by the way, and one in a soccer stadium in which they're the second tenant, your 0-4 Chargers. First of all, have you ever seen a more hideously confused look than the L.A. Rams uniforms? Well, the Rams are actually getting people 
a little bit interested right Correct, now. Correct, but that's because they're three and one, right? Well, they're also playing an exciting brand of football. Okay, so you're already but, noticing a big difference from last year when they were obviously bad and not exciting. Well, you know, Jeff Fisher's a terrible NFL coach. His time is long past him, and he kept getting jobs because there's just yeah, know, no, 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 totally. So you feel like they got the guy McAvoy there now, and they got some energy, and Goff playing a little better, and they're three and one, and they're. They are exciting. They're high-scoring. Todd Gurley is a stud. He's a real NFL running back. Yeah, so you're saying, you're saying the buzz is – you're starting to feel the buzz a little bit. Well, I'm starting to hear a little bit. I'm also working down in the South Bay a lot, and okay. South Bay's got a lot of, like, L.A. natives who yep. are transplants. Yep. So you're seeing, like, the Rams hats, and you're, seeing, you're hearing people talk about, hey, man, did you see the Rams last night? All right, good, and good, okay. The Chargers are a complete dumpster fire. I bet you they end that back in San Diego. I bet you that, that uh, what's-his-face, Spanos has to sell the team. It is absurd <laughs> that they are playing in that stadium. It is, I mean, I, I know uh, half a dozen people that went to the Eagles game today. Because they were Eagles fans. And, and they're Eagles fans. And I'm looking at the crowd pictures from them, and I'm not talking about the, the friends in front. I'm talking about the green, yes. the sea of green in the back. Nobody wants the Chargers here. It's embarrassing that they play in that stadium. It's 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 like a perfect example of like many of the things that are wrong with the NFL because this guy can steal that franchise from San Diego because they won't pay for him to right. get a new stadium. Right, right. Because like, you know, like why do I, why does the state of California and the city of San Diego have to pay? For Dean Spanos to get a new building for his beloved team. Are you kidding me? For sure. This is your business. You're printing money. The NFL writes them a check for like $80 million every single, you know, or $180 million every season just for the TV rights. Like, knock it off, man. Build a building, you know? Yeah, well, I, I do like your theory that he'll probably lose his team because, you know, the solution in L.A. 20 years ago was not to have two teams, and the solution certainly now is not to have those two teams. I, like, let's just do one right in L.A. first, and let's give San Diego their darn team back. Like, you know, Spanos just needs to sell it to like a dude who wants to build a stadium and then just give San Diego their team back because um, they're renting a soccer stadium for the next three years, and then they're going to be – the, the old New York Jets in the Giants playing in Giant Stadium in three years when the Rams open their palace. So, um, yeah, honestly, like, I, I can't even, I don't even see it happening that long. I'm hearing rumblings yeah. that the NFL is like, are you kidding me? Like, they, they, you can't even fill that building? Right. I'm hearing, like, leaks out of charter camp that, like, sound like they could be Donald Trump. Like, Spanos is like, Disappointed that the LA fans or the there's no loyalty between the LA fans and the Chargers. Like <laughs> you were there for one year, 55 years ago. You were, yeah. Like Southern California is a vast place, and there's regional rivalries. Like, yeah, no like, question. What is? And then you you put them in a in a stadium that's like it's a nice little park, but like it's not. The NFL blacks out games because they don't want people to see empty seats on television. Right. And now you're putting them in a half a stadium. <laughs> right. So you're already starting with half a fan base. So when you move into the Rams stadium, um, you will not have even given the requisite amount of seats for your fans to attempt to fill. You know what I mean? So you're basically yeah. – anyway, the only, the only move is to either go somewhere that would embrace a team because they don't have one, which really don't have a lot of options anymore – or literally just 
turn tail and head back to San Diego with Ron Burgundy. You know what I mean? Yeah, or they get a new owner and they like go to like Oklahoma City or they go somewhere that they can count on a um, a, f- a steady a sellout crowd every night because something good's happening, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't think you could get a community like Oklahoma City excited about an NFL franchise? No, I mean, you know, it, like, I, I, I gave you the Green Bay Packers. And and honestly, the, the New England Patriots play in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Like, it's football. It's eight days a year. It's eight days a year. If And if, if 60,000 people have nothing better to do, which we know we just spent an hour talking about people who live in little tiny places um, on the outskirts of cities – there's a million places where you could park an NFL team right now because the gate doesn't even matter that much. It's the overall TV revenue piece anyway. But you're going to fill the place out in Oklahoma City. You're going to fill the place out. Heck, you could put a team in Worcester, even with the height of the Patriots' popularity, and I think you would sell out. You'd sell it out. Are you kidding me? I mean, Worcester's right in the middle. It'd be way easier to get to in Foxborough. They have more than one road. No question. But I'm saying you could add a second NFL team there, and I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no. Hey, here's the- they're talking about moving the Pawtucket Red Sox to Worcester. I heard this. I was in Worcester last week. I was in Worcester last week. It says hello, Jeremy, native son. I'll be there. I'll be there this weekend. Oh man, we were, we were ships crossing in the night on that one. But um, I heard the same chatter that the Paw Sox, the Pawtucket Red Sox, might be moving to Worcester. Which I'm sorry to kick Rhode Island while it's down because Kurt Schilling ruined your state, and frankly, Pawtucket wasn't anything to write home about to, from the get go. But it's been a proud AAA. Affiliate of the Sox for as long as I can remember. But, man, if any city could use some high-level minor league baseball and have the, 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 the amount of people who love baseball adjacent to that city to support it, it's, to be in that location, it's Worcester, the, baby. It's blowing up right now, that area down near Kelly Square. Totally. It's great. That whole region has the opportunity when you got 80 baseball games a season down yep. there. Yep. To be really the great. Traffic, to be really great. Friendly, yeah, it will clean up that old Lyman Gordon site. It's like a super fun site. They'll have to put some money in to clean up some of the heavy metals there, at least bury them, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Well, we don't care about the environment anymore. Just as, long as, just as long as we don't give any money to Kurt Schilling, I'm fine with it. You I was going to say, exactly. Let's let's just not give Kurt any money and let's just, you know, bury stuff because, frankly, the environment no longer matters, according to the EPA. By the way, sorry to bring that back up, folks, but we got we to gotta close it there anyway. But, yeah, I'm really rooting for Worcester to get this team, even though I know it means that Pawtucket can't have one. I think it'd be really cool to see what Worcester could do, like you said, Jeremy, with 80 nights in the spring, summer, and fall, um, dedicated, or like maybe 65 nights, but dedicated to Red Sox farm team, you know, the appearances that you get from rehab starts for pitchers or, yeah. or DHs, you know. Imagine Manny Ramirez in Worcester back in the day versus, say, Lowell or, or, or Pawtucket. Oh, and, and again... Like, remember when Mulvaughn was coming up? Like, Pawtucket was packed every night. Everyone was, like, all fired up going to see Mulvaughn come up. Yeah. Like, these homegrown players, like... Yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So that's that's a fun place to leave it because I, I, I'm rooting for Worcester. Worcester is so much better than it was when, when I showed up there in 1997. And I know you were born and lived in the area longer than that. So, I mean, aren't you, aren't you really kind of psyched to see what Worcester does next? I'm kind of feeling good about it. I think, I think it's a – I'm right there with you. I love, I love watching Worcester succeed from afar. I think it's a very unique place. I think the population density is very – conducive towards having like a, a successful urban area that can still take care of itself yeah. you know it's not it's not too many people yeah. they have they have good things in the right industries 
and they have like they have certain like foundations that are hard to shake. They're not all built around like one industry. Correct, you know? correct. There's, there's healthcare. I think this could education. be the cherry on top. It, it would be great. Be the cherry on top. Absolutely, and then, so I think that just proves that Jeremy and I are not just completely caustic, cynical a holes. Um, but we're going to call them as we see them. And, and I wouldn't, if you know, when we used to drive around, Jeremy, and your Saturn, you know, that, you know your, your Saturn view was it? I don't know what kind of Saturn it was. What kind of Saturn did you used to drive? It was the SL2. The old SL2. When you and I used to drive around with our Nokia 9000 phones and, uh, you know, listen to terrestrial radio and, and your Saturn, um, we didn't see this one coming. I don't think we would have bet on Worcester 20 years down the road. So I'm really, I'm happy we, at least to admit that I was wrong on that. I think it's great. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, man. All right, I'm going to end it there. Jeremy, thanks for weighing in on all the topics. Everybody, check him out. Man, cook good. The Instagram, man, you're making me hungry, Jeremy. Stuff looks great, as always. Philbusterfreestyle.com is where you can find our stuff. And uh, JJ, again, congratulations to you and Chloe on the birth of the child. It's such a great thing. Thank you, Gavin. Have a good night, everyone. Hey there, everybody. Before the uh, outro credits, it is your buddy Gavin one more time. And uh, this is actually 24 hours later from Jeremy and I's uh, podcast. And obviously a lot went down in the city of Las Vegas. Uh, What would be in the early morning hours on the East Coast, at least. Um, Terrible mass shooting. And obviously the reason that we didn't bring it up, even though you're probably hearing this after the news is broken in Las Vegas, is because basically everything you've been listening to is recorded before that. Uh, thoughts go out, prayers go out to everybody affected. Horrible stuff. And, you know, JJ gets really passionate, and um, I think it's good that people are passionate about our country. Obviously, um, we respect the First Amendment on the freestyle. It's filibuster freestyle for a reason. We respect... Uh, the people who defend our right to have freedom of speech. So please don't get it twisted in any way, shape, or form that uh, JJ and I both are all in on the First Amendment, all in on those who protect our ability to have the First Amendment. And I think uh, we got to keep fighting for our right to have said First Amendment. And that's fighting for some people literally against actual enemies and for some of us it's fighting against people who may want to compromise our ability to speak our minds and and things of that nature so anyway um at least we got to talk a little red sox and patriots uh in the middle but again really sorry to hear the bad the bad news out of las vegas and um i'm actually not going to do an outro song because I, i just think it's a little too upbeat for the way we're ending this podcast but um thanks everybody as always for listening and i hope everybody uh that you may know was not affected by the tragedy out there or really any of the tragedies that have been happening, uh, earthquakes, hurricanes, both natural disasters, and then these terrible mass killings. And um, no real good way to end it, so I'll just end it. Thanks a lot.